And hey everyone, welcome back to the Archie Science Digest. And folks, we have got, I know I use this word lightly, but this is true. We have Kino for you today. That's right. Not only are we beginning today with the milestone issue of Sonic Universe, but we bring it all back around in a circle and finishing it off with the milestone issue 225 for Sonic the Hedgehog. There's just, to, this episode's a roller coaster, folks. Strap in. You're not ready. You are not ready. You're not ready. It's me. It's your boy. I would like to do something before the episode starts. Um, if you can, if you're if you're a patron, patreoncom speed, By the way, uh, you can see the video feed where I am holding uh, an invisible thing in my hand. Uh, this is a gasoline tank. We are putting this gasoline tank aside very briefly before we begin to discuss uh, our first comic saga today, the milestone issue number twenty-five. Ironically. It doesn't have anything to do with any of the major Sonic characters, but one of the ones that was arguably the most hated, Silver. This is a Silver arc. Which is, let me tell you, folks, This is, we're in 2011 now. Them making Silver a focal character, very bold, very brave. Yes, as a character who was relegated to mostly side games and minigame collections and occasional cameo appearances, the main story's use of Silver has been interesting to say the least. But this is where shit gets really good. You, yeah. Like, I, I would argue that this is the best interpretation of his character in this arc alone. Yeah, I, I have to agree. But why why talk about it when we can walk you through it, folks? Let's get ready. Sonic Universe 25, the first milestone issue. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. And so, we open. Silver's time. He and Mogul are training with the Time Stone. And Mogul's warning Silver, just because you can use it to travel through time, doesn't mean you should be able to tap into it hastily or greedily. And he continues that much like the Time Stone Silver, you have great potential. But if you delve too deeply into your own power without preparation, I fear you may suffer the same fate as... Then Silver cuts him off. Something's coming from the Time Stone. And Mogul senses it as well. A visitor from another time or dimension entirely. Silver then decides... Grabbing the time stone, he's heading out, but Mogul calls for him to wait and strains himself as he does so. In between his coughs, he tells Silver, go investigate, but don't be so quick to find conflict. Restrain yourself and remember my words. Ultimate power corrupts absolutely. And that's kind of the theme of this arc. Ultimate power corrupts absolutely. Trifling words from a man who once claimed and wanted ultimate power for himself. Trifling words for many characters in the series, actually, if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. But really, there's only one character who ever technically ascended to godhood. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So Silver takes his leave. Time Stone is in hand. He thinks to head out to Onyx Island. Edmund might have detected it too, and comments how weird things always seem to come from there, even thinking that it could even be the traitor that followed him from the past. And then we see Silver being targeted and is shot in the back by a green laser. 
And as he falls, he thinks that they won't get the jump on him this time, and he shields himself with stone. And he shields himself again with a psychic bubble once he's hit. And he's screaming, who's there? Show yourself. His assailant is on a rooftop and jumps down to the ground, revealing this metallic green hue emitting kind of thing. It has the shape of Vector. Huh. And Silver. Okay. Silver's got no idea what this is, but it's firing lasers from its eyes. Silver seals himself again. But the lasers are bouncing to the buildings and start collapsing on top of them. Silver, though, catches some debris from falling onto him and throws it back to his attacker. And now with it pinned down, Silver says, Are you gonna explain yourself, or do you want me to rock your world some more? Bad pun. Bad pun. Bad, bad pun, joke. Bad pun. Come on, come on, man. Come on. Not, not here. Not now. And so its response is to run away. So Silver pegs more rocks at it, telling him, Hey, yeah, yeah, run for a minute, huh? But stops for a second. Oh, wait a second. I was questioning it. Hey, get back here. And then it leads Silver to an alleyway where we see it climbing up a wall. And Silver, I guess, is unable to look up because he doesn't know where it went. Just then, as it's about to ambush Silver, it's hit in the back by a thunder arrow. So, in response, Silver grabs and throws a dumpster, pins it to the wall. Ah, you think you could sneak up on me, did ya? The assailant now no longer displaying its green hue. And then a voice from behind Silver, Edmund... It did, you twerp. You're lucky I still have enough zip to watch your back. I, I I appreciate the help, sir, but did did you see how you tore up what's left of my city? Yes, yeah, Slipper, I did. But, but, but he started it. That's <laughs> no excuse. You have the power. You should keep your friends in line if they want a roughhouse. But, and now look at me. I'm an old man, Silver. I can't handle this much excitement. So, Silver says, hey, me and my master detected this guy coming from another dimension. I I mean, zone. Did you know anything about this? Oh, this shiny fellow right here? Yes. And you tore up my city? I was protecting myself. Do you recognize it? Edmund says that he doesn't, but he also says it reminds him of his papa for some reason. Another thing that I never commented on is like how Edmund connects to Knuckles' lineage. Basically, this is a pay a pay attention moment. Knuckles' daughter, Laura Sue, had a thing for Vector's son, Argyle. This is implying he's Laura Sue's son. Interesting. So, Silver asks, Well, it came here from another zone, so why would it just pick a fight? And Edmund just says, Oh, Silver, you're too kind-hearted. You wouldn't understand. I remember the stories my mom used to tell me, but she didn't have it half as bad as my granddaddy. They don't know what this thing is. And it slowly starts coming back online. Edmund only saying, oh, in my day, lasers were played out. Why can't they just come up with something original for once? And now, fully back online, Silver reacts by holding up both Edmund and catching the dumpster as it claps. And a ring warp opens and jumps into it. Silver is able to hold the portal open with his psychokinesis. And Edmund asks, do you still have your time stone? And he does. Okay, use it to guide your way through the portal. What, you want me to dive into the unknown? Of course not, but I got a bad feeling about that thing. And you're the only one who can stop it. Edmund warns him, use your head. Not just for that glowing nonsense. And so, Timestone Rat the Ready, Silver makes a jump for it. When he's moving through the space, Silver says it feels like it's super warpering, but it feels twisted and wrong. It's very cloudy, thundering, very chaotic. It does look a little something, uncomfortable. Yeah, something feels off. And that's why when we come out of the warp ring, Silver coughs and says, where? 
where am I? A destroyed city, burned and broken. It looks a little bit like the city of Portal on Onyx Island, but dark. I couldn't think I could find a time worse off than my own. What happened here? As Silver's eyes roll up, who's responsible for all of this? As we see a statue of Enerjack. Earth in one hand, Angel Island in the other. Monka S, Monka S, Monka S, Monka S. Oh no. Folks, it seems we've entered an alternate future. A dark future. One where things didn't play out. Oh no. Oh Jesus Christ, what has our boy Silver gotten himself into today? Speaking of that, Silver quickly turns around, asking who's there, only to find Vector. Well, the facsimile of Vector. As we take another look, Silver saying, You again? Well, I'm on your world this time, buddy. Think you could provide some answers now? As facsimiles of Charmian Saffron appear. Oh, so you've got backup. That's fine. I'll take you all on. A facsimile of Espio appears. Keep them coming. A facsimile of Mighty and Ray appear. The more the merrier. What is happening right now? This is, this is, this is some fuck shit. This is some fuck shit. Holy fuck. Silver is in complete disbelief at this point as he's completely surrounded. Uh, tries to reason with them. Uh, basically saying that, I'll kill you all, I'll fuck you up, you know, it's no big deal. And they all blast him as he runs away. <laughs> He's dodging laser fire, he takes a hit from the Charmian Saffron Fasper Seals, kick to the head from the Espio, and then he's on the floor, ragged, and our boy's just acting, hey, can, I, can we have a timeout, please? As mighty-looking one is about to pummel him with a car. And then we move to another location, a little... Mirror ball showing the fight between Silver and the metallic-looking Phasma Seals. As a voice approaches, Excuse me, Constable, it appears the Rebels are acting up again. And then he sees it's Silver fighting them, amazed at his incredible power, and comes back to the Constable, Remington. Sorry, I must cut this short. Something much more interesting has appeared. And Remington is, looks like he's been run ragged and mutters out that, She'll stop you. As then we see Enerjack pulling Remington's soul out of his body, encasing it in an orb, saying, you should know by now, nothing can stop me. Now, we we need to talk about this. Yes. This is one of the hardest and most fucked up panels this comic ever gets. Ironically... We also have one of the hardest and most fucked up panels this comic ever gets in a few issues. To give you guys perspective, Speed, can you put it up on the screen for the fine viewers? Patreon.com slash SonicSpeed. $2 a month. <laughs> look at this with us for a second. I want you to take a look at this. Every main character, minor characters, Eggman, their bodies strewn against the walls, lifeless fucking corpses, as Enerjack sits there with his energy orb. Look at this. And tell me this is not the most keto shit you've ever seen in your entire life. Th this is some Sam Raimi horror shit, man. I mean, good lord. The art here is phenomenal. Especially so right in this one panel. Because we see Enerjack lording over all of this. 
corpses just strung against the wall. Eggman was named, but we also see something like, obviously, Tails, Sonic, Sonic Shadow, Nogus, and even Finitivus. The biggest and baddest villains that we've been dealing with so far. Corpses. Like, strung up to the wall as if they were prize kills. They're nothing. They're nothing to him. Oh, yeah. By the way, um, remember, remember this? R- remember this? It's on the table now. I'm uncapping it. I have it in my hand. So, let me ask you guys something. Who was the person that became Enerjack last? Remind hmm. me. Remind me. Hmm. Go wonder. I'll let I you guys. Wonder. I'll let you guys uh, ferment in that thought when we move on to Sonic Universe number twenty-six. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. My can of gasoline is is in my hands right now. Uh, the smell is horrible, but uh, we're we're holding it. We're holding the can. We're holding the can of gasoline. So these six monsters have silver pinned as Enerjack narrates. Who are you, traveler? Did you follow one of my prelates here? You've caught my attention, but appears I was too hopeful, as Silver appears to be to start being crushed by the two rocks he was using to shield himself. He releases a burst of energy, knocking away these prelates and flying off, but he's caught and knocked down again. As Enerjack says, there is no escape from my prelates, little traveler. And he's on the ground, trying to catch his breath, but then the Ray, Charmy, and Saffron prelates are about to ambush him. But to his surprise, they're destroyed. By outgoing laser fire, the prelates have been distracted by something else. Other people coming in to fight. These two looking like Fiona and Bark. Okay, okay, okay. So this Fiona, she laser fires on the vector prelate and Silver sees a release of a green orb. And thus we see two more freedom fighters looking like Antoine and Rotor. They corner the Espio prelate and strike it down. And it releases a purple orb. And then two more walk in. Bunny and Bean lookalikes. Looking for more. And Bean finds Silver. And tells the boss, hey, we got a survivor out here. And then Enerjack says again, who else would it be but the Freedom Fighters? And now we have their proper names in this universe. Dagger Walrus, Payback Fox, Blockbuster Polar Bear, Cutlass Depardieu, Demo Duck, and Scarlet Rabot. So, just to say something here, and of course the uh, the centerpiece, which you did not mention, a certain character is in the middle of them, a certain female echidna that Silver tries to approach, saying, you're a sight for sore eyes, Lara Sue, as she takes out a sword and holds it at his fucking throat. Don't you dare call me that. Something is not right. A lot of things are not right. Hey, hey, it's that can of gasoline again, you know? Hey, hey, guys, look, it's that tree. Remember remember that tree metaphor I made all that long time ago? You know, I got this whole can of gasoline here. What, what could I do with it? Tell me, tell me, tell me all the things I could do with it, because I can only think of one. When, uh, when this, uh, Laura Sue lookalike pulls out the sword, Blockbuster says, no, no, no. He obviously knows you, and you're not going to find out why if you skewer him. So she calmly asks Silver, how do you know me? And Silver says, oh, I'm sorry. I I guess I know another version of you. Uh, call me Johnny Ka. Okay. So Silver says he's a time traveler. And a while ago, he traveled to a past where he met a different 
Johnny Ka and saved her Angel Island from a water monster. And so, Cutlass is thinking that the prelates must have knocked his brains around, but Johnny Ka believes him. A hundred percent. When are you from? Um, about 170 years in the future? You seem to be the same age as the other one. How'd you get here? I followed the green thing with the eye lasers. <laughs> ah, that's your mistake. And she grabs his arm and drags him along with her freedom fighters. So as they walk, Silver asks Johnny Caw, Is this place like the city that I know? Portal? She says, well, no. This place is called Necronopolis. It used to be the capital of the Dark Legion's nation. My, the guardian before me was very powerful. He took over the Dark Legion, then took over Mobius with his chaos powers. Huh? What? Hey, hey, it's that can. Look what I'm doing. Oh, oh, whoops. I've dropped the entire can of gasoline onto the tree. Oh, what's that? I have a, I have a, I have a lighter in my hand. Oh, I'm pushing the lighter down. What, what am I doing? Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm moving. I'm moving. Oh, okay. The whole tree's on fire now. Uh-oh. Oopsie. It's burning. It's burning. We're going to, so the tree is burning next to me. It's very nice, very cozy, very warm. We're going to let it burn for a little while before we talk about this. She climbs over a car, but Silver is able to lift it up with the psychokinesis. She just calls that a neat trick. Anyway, uh, my mother and I were part of the initial resistance. We organized a freedom fighter army and almost took him down. But then he took the seven chaos emeralds for himself. Then no one was left to stop him. Who's he? As she says with gritted teeth, Enerjack. Boy, that fire feeling real warm right now. And then Silver asks, well, what about Sonic the Hedgehog? Reduced to a core. Much like everyone else. These cores are concentrated life force that Enerjack uses to fuel his prelate army. That's sick! Oh, you don't know the half of it. It's hard enough fighting old friends and family, and no matter what we do, Enerjack just uses their cores again. And then Silver is properly brought into the Freedom Fighter base and asks Johnny Kaw, You believed me when I said I was a time traveler. How come? And then she says that, Actually, I kind of traveled in time when i was younger went to an alternate past didn't have my facts straight and didn't even end up where i was supposed to and failed to change anything here future trunks moment future trunks moment future trunks future moment, moment future trunks moment and silver just says uh <laughs> that that's an honest mistake could have happened to anyone so Enerjack conquered the world and has cores you got a plan to stop him and johnny Kaw brandishing the sword says oh yeah there's a plan all right this sword right here the sword of acorns it's magic and when the time is right i'll get the drop on him and siphon that power right out of him so we have another if you could guess where this timeline deviated from the original here's another indication a timeline where the sword of acorns was never destroyed interesting the fires are looking real nice right now. Oh, it's fucking roaring over here. With this power, we can turn the prelates back into Mobians. And Silver commenting, oh, well, it's a good thing you didn't uh, dull it on my face. And Johnny Ka again apologizes. I'm sorry, the, the old name is a sore spot. Reminds me of my dad. And then Silver says, hey, wait a minute. The guardian before you became Enerjack. Doesn't that mean that Enerjack is... 
God damn it, Silver. God fucking so, damn it. Okay, alright, we're addressing the we're addressing the fire. We have to address the fire. Fine, okay. This is the darkest timeline. The darkest timeline. The one where the madness of Penders goes unchecked. <laughs> the one where the tree chopped down in its entirety does not deter Knuckles from becoming God. The one where no matter how many times you beat a man down and tell him to stop writing annoying furry porn and echidna nonsense, he doesn't stop. This is the final timeline. The doomed timeline. The timeline where Penders has won. <laughs> I mean, it's a really funny to describe it like that, but like... <laughs> this is a bad situation, folks. This is, this is unironically, like, I know that Ian's intent was probably not this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, of course. But, but the problem is, is that it's too spot on not to look at it that way. This really is the final curtain call for Ian on this shit. There is one more, but it is a completely different context than any of the shit we've talked about. And it does not involve the tree which we have talked about several times. The reality is, is that this is the timeline where all of the nonsense that kind of got destroyed via other writers and other people interjecting did not happen. Knuckles goes on a power rampage, becomes God, takes over the world, and destroys everything. It's, it's almost like Return to Angel Island had a whole arc about Knuckles losing his confidence and then the Enerjack saga was supposed to be like this whole allegory about how when you hype someone up to be literally Christ hit their whole lives. It's like flipping a coin. It's really like unnerving when you lay it all out there like that, you know? Ian's intentions were definitely pure. I don't think he's trying to beat a dead horse with this story, but like, it's it's just all here, man. I don't know what else to say. It's it's one of those things where, by proxy, you can look at it and you can really, like, see. Holy fuck. Like, this is it. This was not planned, but it feels planned. It's, mm -hmm. It feels real. And that's, that's, that's a big part of the reason why this arc is so good. It is so incredibly good at taking the idea of the doomed timeline and linking it back to all of the obnoxious shit that happened in this comic intentionally or unintentionally it, it yeah yeah so back to the story the the voice of enerjack begins to boom over them saying that your powerful mind is not primarily used for thinking traveler so johnny con the freedom fighters are scared shitless over being found by enerjack but he says my dear child i've always known where you were and he lifts the building there under with his chaos ESP. But Silver says, everyone, link hands. I can fly us out of here. But I can't do anything about the debris falling onto us. And Demo just says, I'm on it. And throws bombs up, giving them an opening. Out of the frying pan, Silver says. And into the fire, Enerjack finishes. He's trapped everyone in place with his chaos powers. Saying that the entertainment value the Freedom Fighters gave him has now been rendered obsolete with the Traveler here. Johnny Kaw is able to free herself with a swipe of the sword. They won't go down easily, she says, but Enerjack says, Your entirely disabled team says otherwise. And then Silver uses his psychokinesis to break free of the hold, freeing him and the rest of the Freedom Fighters. 
We got you outnumbered, so surrender. And maybe we'll go easy on you. Enerjack's response is also incredible. Gun had me outnumbered by the hundreds, and now their fleets lie at the bottom of the sea. Still, if it's a fair fight you want, as he summons seven cores in his hand and disperses them accordingly. These are the prelates of the Chaotix. All for the Freedom Fighters to fight. Then Enerjack calls for Johnny Kaw, and in his hand, he's holding a pink core. He says he's been saving this one for a special occasion. And once it's dropped down, she's angry. Her. You turned her into a core. And then Silver just asks who this is. It's my mother, the prelate of Julie Sue. Oh. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, Yeah, we're going there. We're going there. This is some heavy stuff, man. Holy fuck. Silver just asks, do you need help? But she says she's good. Go help the others. Silver doesn't know who to help. Everyone's kind of spread thin. But as Edmund told him, use your head. So he flies up, carrying a large wall of debris with him, and charges into Enerjack, caught unaware. And he calls clever, but pointless. Throws Silver down back into the middle of the Freedom Fighters fight. Enerjack says, you came just in time, Traveler, to witness my final victory and total domination of this world. And that's the end of 26. I think we can uh, just barrel on through to universe number 27. Let's take a breather. <gasps> okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta Flynn go. and Yardley, go. the creative team. So, we open on Silver charging into Enerjack. You ruined this world. You sent your prelate into my zone. I will defeat you. As Enerjack just throws Silver down, <laughs> you cannot even fathom me, let alone defeat me. As the Freedom Fighters fight these prelates, Enerjack tells Silver, You know, you should have known by now that I merely allowed the Freedom Fighters to exist. I see all. I know all. I have all of Mobius under my thumb. I needed something to entertain me. But they grew tiresome. That's why I sent my prelates out to other worlds to conquer. Tell me, when I conquer your world, will it have more fun beings like you? Fun? Silver says in complete fucking disbelief. I'll show you fun as he literally rips up the top of the building. (laughs) Pissed as fuck. And in a great line. See? Wee! What a ride! (laughs) Enerjack breaks through the building. Asking... Such power, where does it come from? Then we move to see Johnny Kaw fighting Julie Sue's prelate. Say that Enerjack must have thought he was going to rattle me by having me fight you. But really, I should thank him. He's reunited us, and I will save you. And just as she's about to slight the prelate through, Silver comes in and shoots it with a concentrated ESP blast, stopping it in its tracks. Johnny Kaw yells at him. She was handling it, but Silver says, listen, I understand this is personal to you. But your team is getting fucking owned over here. They kind of need you right now. And she actually agrees. But don't let this whole thing go over to your head, though. Silver says, okay, lead the charge. I've got a plan. Johnny Koss slices out a prelate attacking Scarlet. Silver uses psychokinesis to grab the core from floating off. The Freedom Fighters defeat more and more prelates, just as Silver is collecting their respective cores. And once all defeated, Johnny Koss walks on. 
saying there's one more core left. And then Enerjack looks down on her. You've become such a strong young lady. Why must you resist me? And Silver looks solemn, apologizing to Johnny Ka. This must be hard for you. Dagger thinks so, but with the prelates like this, is it even right to bring him back into a world like this? Silver's response to this is absolutely wonderful and a, another great approximation of his character. Don't even think like that. All I'm saying is this world is a mess. So is mine. But that doesn't mean you stop fighting for everyone. You may not realize it, but you're lucky. You know what the problem is and you have a way to solve it. I don't. All I have are some vague reports of a traitor from 200 years ago, but I still try. Don't you dare waste a chance to make things better for them or for your world. So then that's where Dagger's like, okay, dude, uh, you got your point. Stop it. All the while, Enerjack just looks on. Blockbuster just wondering, what's this guy's deal? Johnny Kaja says he just kind of tends to brood and watch. Let's just go before he changes his mind. And he begins to clap. Floats on down. Hasn't been this much entertainment in years. Violence. Drama. As Johnny Carr realizes what's going on. And tells Silver, don't get too cocky because we got the cores. This is what he was like before he sank Down Under. You had a city called Down Under? Not a city. The continent. <laughs> That's a hell oh, of a line. <laughs> oh. 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 Enerjack response oh don't spoil this for the boy dear i'm something to be experienced as he blasts through the entire freedom fighter group as he clutches scarlet in his claw look traveler i have all my prelates cores back and now i'll add to my collection this uh, folks i'm gonna say it man this whole story so far this is so raw gordon ramsay is saying it's mooing at him Holy fuck. Oh, and, and te- we, we need to, te- I mean, if, if you want to get even more raw. Demo goes full psycho mode, as Cutlass puts it, as he literally runs towards Enerjack, begging and demanding that she's let go. By the way, just, 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 just letting you know, um, he suicide bombs himself. Yeah, that, that definitely happens as the rest of the freedom fighters run into an alley trying to make an escape, but Enerjack releases a burst of energy and hunts him down. Bonks Silver on the head with a hammer made out of his energy, pushing him down to the ground. I'll deal with you later. And Silver's days trying to collect himself. The Freedom Fighters are trying to defend themselves against Enerjack with no success. Silver only thinks, okay, what, what would my teacher say right now? And then he imagines the voices of Smogel saying, your power is your spirit. Your power lives in you. And Edmund says, get up, you lazy cuss, kids today. Ah, great. Either cranky or cryptic. So, Johnny Ka and Blockbuster are the only two freedom fighters left now. Despite the odds, they're ready to charge into Enerjack. But he releases another wave of chaos energy. And then, Enerjack reveals Blockbuster's core in his hand. Johnny Ka is the only one left standing. And then he rushes to her. Johnny Ka in his hand saying, you know, your rebelling used to make me sad. I wanted to build a dynasty with you and your mother, uniting bloodlines at last. And I remember you went back in time to save me once. Wrong timeline. I wish Remington had taken care of you. You have so much power, so much potential. It will be a shame when I... What are you smiling at? 
Oh, nothing, as Silver, in his maxed out fucking power, gets up saying, I'm not through with you, and throws a massive ESP fist at Enerjack, to which he breaks his hold on Janaka and slams directly into it. <laughs> Camera malfunction. Patreon.com slash Sonic Speed. Patreon.com slash Sonic Speed. Patreon.com slash Sonic Speed. Patreon.com slash Sonic Speed. This will most likely get cut from the recording. If it doesn't, you're based. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, see, that's how hype this moment is. And folks, yeah, yeah, again, the, the let camera, me tell you, the camera fell. Let me tell you something, folks. Find this issue. Look at the art. Look at Silver go sicko mode. Look at Silver create a fist. A giant ESP fist. Why don't the games do fun stuff like this, huh? Why are they afraid, huh? What are you afraid of? Being cringe? Sega? You afraid? No. <laughs> don't be cringe. I have a life motto, Embrace folks. it. it br- Please say it. Please say it. I have a motto, all right? It's the all secret right. to living a peaceful life. Do not kill the part of you that is cringy. Kill the part of you that cringes. Sega, if you follow that mantra, your games will be Kino. Absolutely. What what li- big big life advice in uh in uh Archie Sonic Digest, dude? Real talk, real shit. So Enerjack in this moment just says, "Bring it on!" And he charges to punch through the fist. Silver comes to Johnny Ka, and she is really amazed to see what he can do. But he says, "You still got the sword that can drain his power, right?" Yes. Good. Use it. After I beat him into submission. Then Enerjack flies to Silver, thanking him for helping him give this world the flashy send-off it deserves. And then the final battle is nigh. We're moving right we're going. in. I don't fucking care. We're going. Listen, we're going. We're going. We're going to 28. We're going to 28 right now. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. We open on another incredibly solemn and fucked up scene. Janica recounting the loss of all of her friends. Lined up, eyes closed, lifeless. I'm sorry, everyone. You gave everything to our cause. Even your cores have been stolen from you. Rest while you can, because it's almost over. I will restore you when I take back that power of Enerjax. I have the Sword of Acorns and one very powerful ally. Speaking of, we then see in the air, Silver and Enerjack are facing off. Their energies clashing with one another. Silver lifts two buildings from the ground to fling to Enerjack, but he simply just dissolves them, and he's left unharmed. So then Enerjack launches himself to Silver as he takes the position, catches Enerjack as he flies, and flings him through the face of his own statue. And Enerjack, now off Angel Island, says, Ah, I was rather fond of that statue. But throwing me is nothing compared to this. And then uses his ESP to fling Angel Island up to hit Silver. <laughs> what the hell? This this man, this man really just used the island to hit him. Enerjack comes back to Silver saying, Well, if my core's usage offends you so much, this must drive you crazy. As he shows off not just more of the Chaotix's prelates, but even more figures of Mobius. We see Shadow, Tails, Jet, Amy, Cream, Monkey, Khan, Rouge, and even Finitivus, to name a few. 
there's a lot of characters in this panel, guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty fucking crazy panel. Silver is overwhelmed. So many cores, so many heroes holding on for dear life with a single piece of rock before Jenica comes and slashes the prelate of Bean away. I'll help you take care of these prelates, and then you can get to Enerjack. So, and she comments, she knows who these Mobians used to be, but the prelates don't think, feel, or even live. They are only Enerjack's tools and can't be brought back to life without our help. Silver and Johnny Ka fight some of them, manage to slow them down a bit, but she says, Silver, go handle Enerjack. I got this. And so he flies up, holding Enerjack in a stasis. Hit me with the island, huh? Well, let's see how you like it. As he drags Enerjack through the street, using his power like a chain and whip, even having a bit of a manic look on his face. And as when he's through with it, he kind of feels like, I kind of feel like I went too far with that. Master warned me about letting my power go out of control. As Enerjack flies behind him, grabbing him by the neck. I think you scuffed my helmet. How rude. Then he slams Silver near to where Johnny Ka is. As Enerjack gloats, you traverse time and space only to lose your life here. What do you expect when fighting the ultimate power in the universe? As he begins to drown Silver with his power, saying that his world will fall to me. And so will another. And another. And another. So submit! Your powers are not strong enough to compare to my chaos energy, you are not skilled or wit enough to stand against me. And in this moment, Silver has a brain blast. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. He thinks about the teachings and sayings of Edmund and Mogul, about chaos energy, about his powers, about how they're limitless as his imagination. Think and from there you will act. Energy is what moves all matters. It is yours to guide and manipulate. And remember, ultimate power ultimately corrupts. Silver says this and slowly starts to stand. I've been going about this the wrong way. I've been trying to beat you at your own game, trying to match power for power, thinking just like a megalomaniac. But I can't. Nothing can top your level of power. So I'll let you do it for me and turn that power against you. So Silver encases Enerjack's chaos powers and flings it back at him. And then, for what I can assume to be the first time in a long time, Enerjack is hurt. And he's pissed. Oh, you think you're so clever. I triumphed against Supersonic. Yeah. Two powerful beings wailing on each other. I'm kind of done with that tactic. He then redirects a flow of thunder arrows back to Enerjack. And Silver says, you ruined this world. It's now time for you to pay for what you have done. But he responds, Enerjack does, saying that the only mistake that I made was not crushing you sooner. As Enerjack just stops, dead in his tracks. Janica holding the Sword of Acorn, says, I can sympathize. Silver questions. He's frozen? Stunned. I'll use the sword's power to take back all that he's stolen from Mobius. The servers were the seven chaos. Chaos's power, enriched by the heart. The servers existed to unify the chaos. By these powers, I take back all you have claimed as your own. And in a flash, Janica ascends? 
Silver looks on and just says, oh, oh, crud. Yeah, we, we, we have a new Enerjack now, but uh, she slowly takes off her mask. Silver asking, don't tell me I did all this just for you to go supervillain. No, I didn't think this would happen. But with this power, and then she pulls out a core from Enerjack's stash. It's her mother. And she realizes, I can restore everybody. But as for him, and then we see the former Enerjack, Knuckles, in a decrepit state. Saying that he's been rescued. Yes, yes, the madness left when you drained the power. But, my dear, you took a bit too much. Could you spare me some of the power to sustain me? And Johnny Ka's response, she smashes the Sword of Acorns, breaking it to ensure that he or no one else can abuse this power again. But, with this power I can restore the cores, return this world to a living place, Return the Chaos Emeralds, and I can probably use the power to restore your world, Silver. And he admits the thought didn't slip his mind, but I don't even know what the problem was to begin with. I'm gonna fix my world, and I'm gonna do it the right way. So Johnny caused parting words to Silver. Well, after I restore the world, maybe I can even restore my father. As Silver leaves, inducing Kronos control. Then we go back to Silver's time. We are at the moment where Silver left, jumping through the portal that the Vector Prelate left behind. Edmund walks out the alley saying, Ah, oh, that boy's gone on one adventure or two before. He can handle himself. As from directly in front of him, Silver emerges from Kronos' control, spooking him. And Silver grabs him, happy to see him again. Guardian, do you remember me? Yes, I do. You left a second ago. A second? Oh, right. Time travel. Hey, Guardian, are you free tomorrow? Yes, why? Well, you have a lot left to teach, and I got a lot to learn. There are whole other worlds out there counting on me now. We shift to the Zone Cops, of all people. Officer Zonic and Officer Zector. Another Zone Breach, sir. More than just a breach, and it's coming from the Prime Zone. Why are we transporting prisoners, sir? Shouldn't we be investigating... Because a certain handful we just picked up could cause major problems, even in jail. Well, check out the Prime Zone after I warn the Warden. Things could get ugly in there. As we pan down to none other than Scourge the Hedgehog. The once former king reduced to yet another inmate. That is the end of Sonic the Hedgehog Universe, issue 28. It's the end of this arc, and we got a nice little teaser for the next arc. Yes, you got it right. It's a Scourge arc, but before we can get it all too excited, we got to talk about this arc. What's going on with the fire? The fire um, is is still going, but it is mostly uh, finished. Uh, and I'm thinking maybe now's the time that we uh, kind of throw the, the water on it. This is the bookend to that entire tree metaphor, because we really have come full circle here. We've really gone from the Christ narrative to the kneecapping of the Christ narrative to the restoration of confidence into that Christ narrative being taken to its extreme logical conclusion. And now we get to see a worst future where there was no kneecap, where it only continued. I think it's really poetic that this arc in particular says so much about what could have happened, what could have been, 
I mean, the name of the arc is literally Shattered Mirror. A broken mirror. A reflection, one might even say. Starting to think how much on purpose this was from Ian's part. But, hey, you know, we, we can never know. We can never truly say. But I think it's also very important that Silver was the focal character. Because it showed a lot of things here. It showed that if done right, Silver can be a great character in this series. Because keep in mind, uh, he is a much more, like, enjoyed character now. But in 2011, at best, he wasn't cared for. At worst, the association with Sonic 06 was still kind of raw. It was still kind of there. And as a result, people didn't really like the character. But this character, this arc, I should say, is the beginning of the redemption arc in the wider fandom for Silver. Yeah, this is this is an arc that spurs on a lot of people to really become a lot more invested in him as a character. This entire comic series from from from, you know, his introduction was really the point where Silver as a character became much more well liked. And I think that this arc plays a huge role in it. We literally see Silver face off against I'm not going to mince words, an incarnation of Ken Pender's greatest fantasy. Uh and not only that, let's also keep this in mind. It took a super form to defeat Enerjack, and even then, just barely. And then we got to see how Silver can truly surpass that, if done right. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, I think it's pretty incredible. I think that there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Will we get those answers? I don't know. But I think it's time we return to the main comic. Right. There's a lot there there's a lot of shit going on and uh it's not it's not looking too hot. <laughs> no, it really is not. So let's continue on the episode with Sonic the Hedgehog 223 Flynn's the writer and Ben Bates is doing the art. So we see Sonic and Sally outside the Civic Center. They are there as the rest of the city is for a surprise concert Mina set up. She wanted to lighten the mood of the city as she said. But Someone in a cloak and hood rushes past Sonic and Sally onto the stage. As he says, how could we relax when a computer could turn on us at any second? And then the big reveal, Jeffrey uncloaks himself saying, the forget-me-nots woke us up and now it's time to act. Speaking of acting, the Freedom Fighters see him rush in. They demand his surrender, but a purple haze kind of moves around them. Jeffrey says... Everything that I've done was in service to the true king of New Mobotropolis. And Nogus reveals himself. So, Sally is a little surprised. What are you, What is this? I thought you were nothing more than a drooling pet ever since Eggman got to you. And Nogus declares, With me as the rightful king of New Mobotropolis, my people, you will no longer have to live in fear of Nicole. And the city being turned against you. As she materializes herself from behind, using the nanites to create a bind on Nagus. But he uses his magic to turn the binds into crystals, shattering them. Saying that her nanites have no sway over him. And tells the people, I will be speaking with the council to bring you all peace and security. And tells Jeffrey, keep the rabble off my back, just stick to the plan. So Sally tells Sonic, stop Nagus before he gets to the council hall. As he homing attacks him, and Sonic just phases through a puff of smoke. Oh, right, master of the elements. Sonic tries to attack again quickly, but Nagus turns his body into fire and singes him. So Sally orders the royal guard, handle Jeffrey, freedom fighters go back up Sonic, 
but Jeffrey uses his authority as the commander of the King's Secret Service and orders them to stand down. And Saya tells the guards, Jeffrey is a traitor. Arrest him. But Jeffrey doubles down. I am acting on the King's orders. Stand down. Well, Elias didn't authorize this. You said anything about Elias. So Jeffrey says, if you want to do anything with me, your clubhouse gang will have to get their hands dirty. And Sally accepts that challenge. Get him. And the first to charge in is Antoine, swinging his sword, saying he's a traitor and stole his father's idea of a rebel underground. But he fires an arrow at him, hitting Bunny's hat, knocking Antoine down, saying while he was impressed with him during the invasion, you know, I still couldn't even understand how you landed a lovely bride, and turns his attention to Bunny, knocking her out with one hit. So Amy and Tails are encircling him. Jeffrey comments that with the Junior League in tow like this, this will probably put Sally's ambush right behind. And he uppercuts the air. Sally, though, is not there. A ways away from him. Saying, ah, oh, you're really predictable. Nicole, now! And then Nicole, from underneath his feet, uses the nanites to trap him into a bubble. Since he can't use crystalline magic, he probably shouldn't be escaping there anytime soon. So Freedom Fighters, now go help Sonic. As Jeffrey turns himself into smoke to escape out the air holes, and reforms his body outside the bubble. I, I, I gotta say, though, the shot of Jeffrey remelding into reality out of smoke, the art, fucking sick. It, it is really sick, actually. Uh, yeah, it's super cool. Big fan of this one. <laughs> yeah, especially when you just see, like, the, the mold of his face, like, the eyes and his mouth, like, smirking. It's so powerful. You get you get that true glimpse into what a monster this character really is. And by monster, I mean piece of shit. <laughs> he says, oh, I really hate doing that, man. And Bunny is really shocked to see him using Ixis magic. As Sally says, when did all this happen? And Jeffrey just says, hey, I'm full of surprises. Uh, it's just, just the shortcut as to obviously that this is nowhere in any indication happening before. But like, you know, you, we've had this talk already. I'm just bringing it back up again for brevity's sake. Meanwhile, Dr. Robotnik is snooping as usual. Well, not really, but more snooping in on Snively saying that he wants the Eggmobile prepped and ready for launch in 10 minutes. Linda approaches, saying, All systems are finished and online. The whole damage has been repaired and we're ready for launch. Provided your mission actually succeeds. As Eggman says, oh, it will, and then the real fun begins. Hmm. Nogus, we see him about to enter the castle, Sonic again running behind, as Nogus launches an earth spike from below his feet, launching Sonic away. And to ensure he's not disturbed, Nogus covers the entrance with crystals, blocking Sonic or anyone else from coming in. And now Nogus properly enters the council room. They're about to begin a debate as to what to do with Nicole, as just right on time he declares no need to. Your answer is right here. You can enact a great justice today by giving me the crown and kingdom that is rightfully mine. And so we move back with the Freedom Fighters. They're trying to handle Jeffrey, but... He's proven to be pretty evasive, and all he can say that I have always served king and country. He just never asked which king. And with the crown power sharing with the council, I had to act fast before there was no kingdom left for him to rule. And Sally says, what are you talking about? You're not making any sense. But Jeffrey insists that he's been at this for years, just 
current circumstances forced him to drop the subtlety. And then Sally asks the dig, what does your wife have to say about all this? And then here's where the bomb is dropped. She doesn't care about much now. Or she's dead. She's been dead for a while now. And I want to point something out. He has like a legitimately solemn look to his face. So probably no shenanigans in that regard, you know? Then we move back to the council room. Elias insists that he is the rightful king. Inherited the title when my father became too ill to rule. But Naga says, no, 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 no. I made a deal with King Max when he was in the zone of silence for protection and became my knight. He swore fealty to me. This kingdom is mine. Now, I'm going to be the uh, the asshole analyst here, and I want to point something out here. Uh, technically, if you uh, file a contract under a state of duress, that contract is null and void. So technically, Nagus doesn't have a leg to stand on, but that'd be boring. Let's have fun here. Then Rotor demands that they won't roll over and just allow this, but Nagus says, no, no. My apprentice informed me of all that's occurred since my departure. I'm willing to honor the people's will and maintain this council. I'm not your enemy. I do not hold a grudge to the acorn line. You've done what you must in these trying times. And that's when Sonic comes in after scaling the wall, bonking Nagus on the head, and then Elias with the sword of light in hand, surprised to see him. Sonic acts, hey yo, give me a little bit of magical edge if you catch my drift. Ah, well... If you think you can handle it, Elias says, and he tosses the scabbard to Sonic. The crown defers to you to defeat this monster. And then, Sonic unsheaths the sword, Nagus ready to fight, Sonic thinking that his beard could use a trim. And yes, for the record, Sonic and the Black Knight did come out around this time, so probably Sega was okay with this. It's extremely raw, by the way. I'm sorry, but Sonic with the sword is a cool concept. You can't tell me otherwise. Fuck you. Black Knight was a fun game. It's that fun. Story, that, that, that story, those story and character moments do go hard, though. They do. El Kino. We move on to a very interesting story B. Not one that we often get to see, but Mr. Eggman and Mr. Snively make a bit of a journey into the special zone. Well, well, that's an interesting uh, scenario, isn't it? It is. It is. So the two enter, and they encounter Feist. Snively is scared shitless, but Eggman is intrigued. So Feist offers a game, as he does for everyone. Here is a shoot for you to fly through. Since you two are here for a Chaos Emerald, why don't you race for it? And the winner will claim it for themselves. And Eggman welcomes the challenge. And Snively undercuts, he thinks... Maybe if I can win it, I can have the power for myself. Then I can strand Eggman here and rescue her. And thus Snively shouts, you're on! And he charges through. And Eggman says, huh, a little bit of fun before the world domination never hurts. So the two enter the chute. Snively is speeding through. Eggman saying, hey, 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 watch it. We're going after the same thing. As Snively makes that hard turn, that uh, Kino drift, if I do say so myself. Yeah, that, that multi-track drifting, you know. Sorry, Uncle. Must be all that weight slowing you down. But Snively crashes and burns out the exit as Eggman wins the blue Chaos Emerald for himself. And then in hand, Eggman laughs that it's all mine. As it poofs away from his hand. And Feist says, you now have a choice. You can leave with only one. Your comrade or... Oh, I'm taking the emerald. Huh? 
<laughs> yeah, so in classic Eggman fashion, he uh, grabs the emerald, dips, and says, Since no one denies Dr. Eggman anything, presses a button and decides to teleport Snively back because, you know, it's Eggman. He got contingencies for his contingencies. Absolutely. As the portal door closes, the screams of Feist that he has been once again, dare I call it, gamered. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely fucking gamered. Don't lay about Snively. It's time to get this show on the road. And that ends Sonic 2.23. And now, let's get back to our main plot. Sonic the Hedgehog 2.24, Flynn and Bates, the creative team. And now we open in the council room. Sonic, sword of light in hand. Nogus mistakes it for a fake sword of acorns. He knows full well the real one was destroyed and throws flames towards Sonic. And he thrusts the blade into Nogus's fire, separating it, leaving him unharmed. And Sonic says, yeah, you're right. That's why Elias promoted the sword of light, which can beat dark magic like yours. And Nagus accepts the challenge, whose magic is greater? Meanwhile, the Freedom Fighters can't land a hit on Jeffrey to think he could have turned traitor to become an Ixus wizard. Who could have thought it? Who could have fucking thought it? Who could have thought it? But Jeffrey only says, well, that's your fault for not paying attention. Which, oh, that line kind of did bug me when I was reading it. Because that's kind what's the message there, Ian? Because I think you're trying to say something with that. It's your fault for not paying attention, as into what, his personality, or what you're trying to do here? I legitimately don't know. I'm sorry for being stuck on it. I think it's just, I think it's just his, his personality being completely irredeemable, because Jeffrey St. John is a shit character that nobody likes, and Ian had to once again perform Janny duty and say, I have to make this guy somewhat salvageable, right? Right. Either way, my master is speaking to the council now, and soon the people of this city will finally be safe. But Sally says doesn't make a difference, and she accuses him of murdering his wife, Hershey, something he takes great offense to. We were on separate missions, and I investigated when she didn't check back. Sally doesn't believe him, but says, Think of me all you want, but do not belittle my wife's sacrifice. She went down fighting the Eggman Empire. Speaking of, we see Eggman inserting the Chaos Emerald he got into a little chamber. And once inside, Snively says the readings already show the systems are charged by 5%. And Eggman, in joy, flies off to the command deck to start the launch preparations. And then, back at Sonic vs. Nagus, Sonic does his classic spin move with the sword in hand for a little extra cut damage. As Nagus says again, the last king swore fealty to me. This kingdom is mine. Is not. Is so. Is not. Is so. Well, look. At the end of the day, we all know Nagus is nothing more than an evil wizard. No amount of playing nice can change that. And Nagus says, well, it's not your place to judge. As Nagus launches Sonic off the floor with an earth spike. Sword launching out of his hand. And then Elias grabs it in the air Falls down, slicing Nagus's crystal sword off his staff. He, I will not give up my father's crown so easily. Raw, 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 best, 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 best. Come on, Elias, you're you're putting in some work here. Let's let's see it go. 
Elias pushes back Nogus's fire and slices through the earth cassis, but is pushed to the ground by a ball of wind. And Nogus gets down to him, saying, Look, there's enough fight between your family and me. Step down and return to your simpler life. The counselors are just watching the fight, and Rotor's just had enough. Hamlin, Dylan, Penelope, you guys have been out of action, but you were with the Substitute Legion. Let's get in there and back them up. And Hamlin and Dylan are already ready to run into fight. And Rotor calls Nicole to give him the nanite suit. But Penelope is the one to stop all of them. Hey, we're not freedom fighters anymore. We're counselors. The people elected us to rule, not fight. Or do you all want to be charged with dereliction of duty? And this is where things start to get really fucked. Hamlin is pissed. You want to bring me up on charges? Penelope, you set the precedent with Sally. Meanwhile, Sonic's just like, uh, what What happened to the, to the fighting? Rosemary says, the constitution only calls for a king to preside over the council. It doesn't specify who has to be king. Rotor snaps! You can't be serious! Holy shit. Okay. So, like, imagine a scenario, right? Imagine if the Parliament of the UK were just like, hey, yo, we don't recognize the Windsors as the royal family. It's this dude off the street, the guy collecting garbage. He's the new king now. That's kind of the level we're fucking dealing with here now. What the hell? What is happening right now? What is happening? And so, Chuck is fuming. I thought the matter was settled between your husband and Elias. And Rosemary clarifies, what was settled was the existence of the monarchy. And Sonic is trying to call everyone back in line. Nog is here has stirred up enough trouble as it is. And his crystals stop Nicole's nanites. To which we see Dylan in the corner commenting, maybe he can protect us. And that comment causes the whole council to go into chaos. Blah, 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 yada, yada. We got lost for a reason. But we then look at the egg dome. Snively, lay and daw. Engines are online, phase one of the plan is charged to 15%. And then Eggman orders the countdown to begin. Ten minutes. Not even wanting to wait until it's fully charged. Saying it's nearing, it is nearing time to reshape the world to my image. Ayo? Yeah. Uh, 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 what? What? What is about to happen? So, so ignore that for right now, but keep the, the comment in your mind because, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I, I think of Frieza when he says 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it? Five? Y- 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 yes. Five minutes before this planet explodes. So Sally tells the freedom fighters, keep an eye on Jeffrey. And then she turns to Nicole trying to call for her. But she sees her crouch down where Nogus made his crystal attack. And then she has the crystallized nanites in her hand, saying that the nanites he crystallized are gone. Even if the city is damaged, I can still feel the nanites I can repair, but the magic changed them, destroyed them. I can't get these back. By the way, the timer is at eight minutes now. Maybe, I think this is the time, because I want to comment on this real bad. We've talked a lot about the parallels that this arc is doing with a people's movement and the people rising up to demand change. Folks, we've been we've gone through a lot in life, like in general, the world's seen a lot and we have seen uh, a, a chaotic situation in our lives. And then we see someone coming in offering a solution. Someone who you could think is, you know, con man, 
charlatan, dare I even say, a grifter. And then they come in, offering to fix the problem. And everyone knows this person's, like, a bad individual. Like, as a person, we can tell that this is a bad person, but the people think he makes sense. And they really are not against the idea of him being the one in charge. I wonder what that could be. I can't think of any parallels. You know, I can't think. It's My mind's in a blank. Oh my god. We've we've really come to that point, huh? We really... I, mm. Ian, this is some hardcore foreshadowing. Did, yeah, what did this you, is... I mean, again, like, I, I think this... This isn't Ian trying to do any kind of political commentary. Like, I, I think we need to stress that. This is just, like, a very common thing that kids' media will do is create scenarios that, to the children viewing it, will think, oh, okay, this is another story and, you know, this thing I like. But when someone who's older sees it, they can go, oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is a little too real. I need to get the alcohol. But back to this. Citizens overhear that the weirdo's magic defeated the nanites. Maybe he can protect us. Sonic was fighting him. Sonic's fought the good guys too. Maybe he made another mistake. And, you know, Commander St. John is a hero. As Sally just whispers to Nicole, Get out of here. Seven minutes. The council room. Rosemary insists that this is a political and legal matter. Thus, the council must vote on it. But Sonic says, No, he's the bad guy. I beat him up. We go about our day. Oh, what a surprise, Hamlin snarls. Mr. Hero thinks he can do whatever he wants and ignore the council's authority. Again. You know, I can when you're being stupid. And Uncle Chuck is in the back trying to calm Sonic down. As Nagus worms his claw right up to Elias. Doesn't anyone think Elias should have a say in what happens to the crown? Dude, don't join in on the crazy talk. Elias looks incredibly conflicted. But then, after a brief pause, speaks. If I were to step down, would you honor the council? I seek only my crown. I will honor the council and the will of the people, just as some freedom fighters should. Sonic quickly grabs the sword, saying, That's it, I'm ending this charade before it gets any more ridiculous. Elias, hold on, Sonic, this can be ended peacefully. You fought to stay king. You were swinging at him a second ago, too. Listen, he's too powerful. And the people are jumpy. We need a peaceful solution right now, and we can figure out, uh, no. I'm keeping things simple. I've got my shiny, pointy trump card right here. You get jailed, Elias stays king, and that's that. As Nagus says, bold words coming from the one committing treason right now. Yeah, right behind him is the whole council with different, a lot, a lot of intense emotions. Four minutes the timer's at right now. And then we move to Eggman's base, nasal sensory array deploying, ocular shutters opening, ventral engines burning, timer, three minutes. Then the council room, Sonic's saying, well, you guys wouldn't be giving me such a hard time if Eggman were standing here right now. Naga's saying, Julian is my enemy as well. Number one, no one calls him that anymore. Two, wasn't talking to you. Three, the raspy voice of yours makes my skin crawl, so shut up. Then Elias comes to Sonic, trying to grab the sword out of his hand. Sonic, this is a government matter. Step aside. And now they're wrestling for the sword. Sonic's trying to save the day. Elias trying to make the best out of a bad situation. Two minutes. Then we move to see the Egg Dome. One minute, and now it's zero. It launches into the sky, shooting out of the ground into the dark clouds above. 
And then the rumble is felt even in Numo Metropolis. Sonic accuses Nagus of making an earthquake, but he says that was not my doing, nor was it even an earthquake. Something shook the earth with great force. Elias thinks it could be Eggman. You know, Sonic thinks this may have been what he's up to since he disappeared. So, Sonic tells Nagus, drop the crystal so I can get out to look. Don't tell me what to do, he says, but he does it. Sonic and Nagus then rush out and look to the sky in shock and surprise, as does Elias and the counselors, as does the rest of Numo Metropolis. There's now a shadow cast onto the city, and look up into the sky to see the fruits of Eggman's labor. The launch of a new Death Egg. Oh boy. Oh, that's the end of 224 for the record, and um, naturally, there's something big on the horizon, folks. Something real big. But, before we talk about that, we gotta talk about this. In between these two releases, we have a free comic book day from 2011 to talk about. Flynn's the writer, and Butler does the art. We see Sonic. Can't believe it. Death Egg launched in the sky, and then he recounts the past year of the comics. Traveling to help the world of hype fellow freedom fighters, fighting the Legion along the way, finally getting back together with Sally. But now Nagus has returned. King Max's former royal wizard, who tried to usurp the kingdom out from under him. He was depowered and working under Mogul, but now he's fully restored and trying to take the kingdom for himself. Again. And then, Sonic flashes back to the last time he encountered Nagus. A couple years ago. Sonic goes to the southern tundra to lay a flower on the grave of a friend of his. Eddie, who sacrificed himself to let Sonic and Tails escape from a crumbling structure there. And though he's on weak footing, the snow caves in, and Sonic's left underground. But he looks to find a giant stash of power rings, the leftovers of one Nate Morgan, and sees the figure of Nogus trying to take it for himself, makes himself known. Nogus frees the Sonic's legs in place, managed to escape from his in-between zone prison by using the rest of my power to forge a portal back to the Prime Zone. And with these power rings, I can return to that super state and rule Mobotropolis in a world fused with my zone of silence. But Sonic frees himself with a spin dash, launches himself to Nagus. We just got that city back from Robotnik, and I'm not going to let you take it for yourself. Nagus launches the snow onto Sonic, homing it on as he runs, runs underneath Nagus, he takes the snow pile full on, frozen solid, and Sonic figures now's the time for quips. Guess I should call you Isis, Nagus. Isis Nanook. Ooh, Nogsicle. As then, he, <laughs> as then he morphs into fire, melting the ice and freeing him, launching fireballs to Sonic, more icicles on top of that. Thinks I can't really beat Nogus like this while he's in his element, which, you know, is all of them. But maybe I can just get my hand on a ring or two. I could finish this off, but that means Nogus will be able to get to it too. Unless... Sonic homing attacks Nagus, and he swats him away, directly into the powering pile. Despite Nagus burying Sonic with rock, he absorbs all of the power rings at once, giving him a different super form, Ultra Sonic. He doesn't have a lot of finesse with this power, he says, but Sonic spin dashes a hole in reality, leaving Nagus to be sucked in and once again left trapped in the zone of silence. The portal closes, Sonic burns out of his ultra state, eh, fun while it lasted, and makes his way out. He remembers his good friend Eddie, happy to know that Nate's rings won't be used for evil. And then back to the present day, Sonic looks on at Nagus and says, Wow, you were right, you would be back one day. For Unfortunately for the both of us, so would Dr. Eggman. 
And while that's the end of this free comic book day, I also want to point something out. This is like a remake of a super special covered a long time ago. Uh, Sonic Super Special number 15, to be specific. And I need to comment, if you guys remember, the art was abysmal. And I mean that in a different level. Because the art of that comic was literally unfinished. Not a joke. Not an exaggeration. There were some panels where you saw Sonic going through a snowstorm. But the snowstorm was like the centerpiece of the art. Cut in ways to look like different panels. Seeing Sonic's text bubbles only in front of the snowstorm. There were other scenes where like Sonic was moving through the dark cave. Only seeing his eyes in the dark. It was fucking... It was so low at that point. You don't understand. And it was so bad it cancelled the super special for the record. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't have much more to say than just, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, the, the book ends with text files about Sonic Nogus, everyone, just catching the reader up on the lore of the comic, because 20 years of this fucking comic. Anyway. <laughs> we have hit the next milestone. 225 issues. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing, folks. Amazing. Look at how far we've come. As we begin... Sonic recounts several events over the last 25 issues about the fact that ever since Eggman's return kind of seemed like he was just bunkering down. It's suspicious that Robotnik and Snively have been missing, he recalls from Tales. Guntiver saying that Rotor's people were used as laborers. Uncle Bo saying it doesn't matter what this refinery is for. It doesn't matter he's built a refueling station for something bigger than he's ever flown. The pieces planted the the hints where you least expect them as the death egg triumphant glorious and rebuilt looms over new mobotropolis so the freedom fighters have all come to sonic they're all surprised to see it back amy then even accuses jeffrey of being in cahoots with eggman oh you shoot one bloke in the back then i'm guilty of everything huh so Sally then talks to Nogus. You know, considering the circumstances, let's just call a truce. Eggman's been gone for weeks. If he's making a big play, he's going to have the ability to back it up. And Nogus agrees to that. I will not let my kingdom fall to that villain. And he creates an updraft to fly toward the Death Egg, laughing maniacally as he does so. As Sonic says, okay, it's got to be an act. No one can be naturally that creepy. <laughs> Based. So Sally says, look, he's got the right idea. Guys, scramble the special and the tornado. Sonic and Tails, you're with me. Bunny, Amy, and Antoine, you guys are on the special and take Jeffrey with you guys. And Jeffrey says, really? You want me to come along? Yeah, I want you to be where you can be seen. Plus, I'm counting on this being dangerous enough for you to keep you doing something stupid. As we all will be watching our backs, Antoine adds. So the teams are split up in their respective aircrafts. And we also see Amy. She has her hammer at the ready next to Jeffrey. He says he's not that threatening. But Amy just says, yeah, you keep telling yourself that. Based Amy laying down the law. We love to see it. And now the aircrafts take off. Meanwhile, in the Death Egg control room, the Chaos Emerald is stable and the engines are at optimal burn. And Operation Clean Sweep is charging. All systems are green. Just as, Sivney, as Snively notices... There's some resistance inbound, and Eggman thinking, oh joy, it's Sonic and the Freedom Fighters, huh? But nope, it's Nogus flying in. And then Leyen Dahl looks at the camera feed, she's kind of repulsed by his, you know, appearance, and just says, okay, who is this guy? 
And Eggman says, long story short, he's the reason I prefer science over magic. But I thought he was supposed to be a mindless, drooling monster. As then Eggman starts to collect himself. We've been over this. Expect the unexpected. Chaos is the Chaos constant. Chaos is the constant. Snively then sees more resistance inbound. That's the Freedom Fighters aircrafts. And Eggman heights himself up. Authorize all automated defenses. But don't bother with the hedgehog. And Snively is surprised. You don't you don't want us to aim for Sonic? And Eggman says, well, you wouldn't be able to hit him anyway. But take down the rest. And then Nogus, near the Death Egg, calls it an impressive structure. But with my crystalline magic, it will soon all be mine. And then he shoots energy out of the Chaos Emerald in his scepter. But to his surprise, it's completely ineffectual. Then, inside the control room, Snively reports the powering matrix is holding. And Eggman says, ha, ah, with an army of slave laborers, you can get enough powerings to accomplish anything. Oh. Just gotta keep it real, huh, Ian? Yeah, just he's really keeping it real right now. Outside, the Freedom Fighter special dodges the laser fire. Tornado as well. Sonic thinking himself real stupid for not figuring it out before. We searched that place so many times after all. Sally, though, kind of analyzes the situation. We're right in front of the Death Egg's most northern wall. Hey, Tails, go around back and fire at anything unusual about 20 degrees up top. And he does exactly that. And Tails fires a missile on top of a weird patched up spot. Sally thinks that in order to maintain the charade, he would patch up the entry point just at the last possible second. So, Leyenda reports the breach in the upper decks. Eggman figured as much. Got here a little faster than I expected. As Lane Dawes kinda pissed at that answer, do you want them to ruin everything? But Eggman just shushes her down. How goes Operation Clean Sweep? Snively reports, stage one, five minutes to completion. Stage two, 75%. Eggman goes, ah, yes. And he goes off to personally oversee that. And as he's gone, Lane Daw comments to Snively, is this just like the last fucking time? He's setting himself up to fail again. How do you handle to keep working for him like this? Snively replies with the most broken, exhausted, beaten down face. I can't really. <laughs> so back on the tornado, Sonic and Sally are preparing for their entrance. Sonic commenting, are you sure you want me to risk this? I don't want to get slapped again. Uh, oh. <laughs> not again, not again, not again, not again. <laughs> oh, shut up and kiss me for good luck. As the two jump off the tornado, kissing and jumping into the entrance. The, the custom-made entrance, one might say. So Sonic says, all right, Sally, where to? Honestly... We, I, I, I don't know. We kind of just have to assume Eggman was preparing for this and that the hallways we searched before were just decoys. Just as a robot comes from behind to patch the hole they came in from. And Sonic does offer to smash it, but Sally thinks, hold on, this could be a trap. This cuts off backup as well. So let's just try to use Eggman's egoism to our advantage. We don't even really know what he's planning. She pulls out Nicole's handheld, anything from a scan. She says... No, I haven't gotten anything. And Sally asks how she's holding up. And all Nicole can say is, I would just like to focus on the mission at hand, please. She understands, wants to talk more after the mission is over. As a hidden door flies open nearby, spooking Sally. And they just walk on in. Sonic's kind of pissed he didn't see this from before either. There's a whole elevator hidden behind a wall? And when they're in this large room, the voice of Eggman comes on over the intercom. 
Welcome, welcome. It feels like it's been ages since our last get-together. Sonic says, uh, feel, I, I miss it too, but hey, it was very easy on the old sneakers. It's refreshing to know that your battles with the Iron Queen didn't dull that obnoxious streak in you, Eggman says, in a masochistic way, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic replies, nothing's changed, Doc. Come on out so we can tussle for old time's sake. Sally responding, Sonic, something's coming up the elevator. Uh, 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 rodent, to earn an audience with me, you've got to prove you've still got it. The door opens, and a good old friend shows up, all the way from 1992, making his first comic appearance in over a decade. It's the one, the only, Silver Sonic! And a big boy, he's a big boy, he's a real big boy. Yeah, he's a real big boy this time. And Sally is really fearful. She says this looks a lot more fierce than the one from Station Square. Yeah, and the original nearly smashed me into chili sauce. This is gonna be awesome! But this isn't something to celebrate! And then Silver Sonic just spin dashes between them. Sonic dodges a swipe of its hand, and he runs up the walls to maneuver away from it, as Eggman on the intercom says he's putting on quite the show. Then Sally just figures, okay, you're just stalling. Sonic, we gotta get a move on. As Eggman then tells her, let him have his fun. After all, you made all this possible. It was your kindness that left me in the care of Snively when I had my episode. Had you been ruthless enough, you could have finished me right then and there. I suppose you've inherited that weakness from your father. If he never took in that poor, helpless overlander, none of this would be happening right now. We see Sally's face just looking so anguished, I think is the only way I can put it. She's just anguished. Absolutely. Eggman's broadcast is interrupted by Mr. Sniffly. Sir, stage one is fully charged and ready. Marvelous! This will affect us all, you know. Oh, grow up, you won't feel a thing. Eggman announces on the intercom that it's been fun, children, but the weapon is armed and I must be getting to firing it. Farewell. Sally's screaming, Sonic, we're out of time, we've got to move. Sonic trying to finish up with Silver Sonic as Sally decides to run ahead. I'm going ahead, Nicole. Can you track where his voice was coming from? as she enters a hallway and is stopped by a gun. Double-barreled, revved up. Ah-ah, uh -uh, that's far enough. Blam, blam, blam. Sonic turns back and screams Sally's name as the Silver Sonic punches him in the face. Eggman presses a big red button while caressing a glass of champagne, raising his fists to the sky, and an energy wave pours out from the Death Egg all over the planet. Things slowly start to turn to white in New Mobotropolis, in the Death Egg, as Sonic reaches out for Sally, sees her broken glasses, and everything fades. And that is the end of issue 225. That's the end of all the comments we've got today as well. And um, folks, I could not have left you with a better cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, the ultimate, the, the unthinkable has happened, folks. Eggman has done something that will, you, you've used a tree to uh, describe the, the Pender's analogy. So 
I think we have a new metaphor to work with. We have a chain of dominoes now. The first one has just been flicked. This one event, this comic, will begin a chain reaction that will dramatically change the direction this comic is going. Not because of internal factors, however. Not because of internal factors. There's something else going on that's going to be coming up soon. Unfortunately, we won't be talking about it because it's not part of the comic, so to speak. But we have plans. We have plans to discuss it. However, for now, keep this in your mind. This issue 225 is the first flick of the first domino. The chain reaction begins here. I don't have much more to say. I'm, uh, I'm going to let you I'm let you sit on this one. Yeah, this is this is a heavy comic. This is a heavy event because we know what's coming. We we know what's coming, unfortunately. But think back to let, let's imagine that you know we don't know. Imagine we don't know. Imagine you you're you're a Sonic fan and you picked up this comic for the first time. This is kind of leading to an anniversary event. Kind of, it's a happy coincidence if you can think of it like that because Eggman has decided to cause some irreparable harm to the universe. And here it begins. We'll see you next time on the Archie Sonic Digest. What is the Archie team going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary with? You know, and also, you know, this is kind of a bit of a moot point. But hey, you know, Scourge, he's cool, I guess. We'll see what he's up to in that next episode of the Archie Sonic Digest. See you then, folks. And goes without saying, patreon.com slash sonicspeed, $2 a month. You'll get that next episode when it's ready. Because I know after hearing this, you're going to want to know what happens next right now. See you next time, guys.